You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello, you're listening to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast, episode number 120, with me, your host, Hamish Carton. Yes, back for the first studio podcast of 2017 and I have five good friends who have joined me in the studio today. We've got Johnny Clark all the way from the Highlands. Did you have a nice Christmas, Johnny? Yeah, it was really good and I can I can genuinely say this time genuinely. that I am genuinely. excited to be back. It's been, must be in a month or so and mm. it actually feels good to be back in the studio today. What, what was the Highlands like when you were away? Uh, weirdly warm. I think uh, Forrest warm. nearly broke the record for the warmest day in UK Christmas history, it was like 15 degrees or something. What a boring record for a boring place. Oh, that's <laughs> that an is, exciting record. That is the voice, the discerning voice of a Mr. Ross Clark. Delighted Ross, to be back. Delighted happy to be 2017, back. mate. Yes, you too. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. But You've yes. been missed, mate. You've been missed. Lewis Kemp, a honorary member of the Huddle Board as of last night. Of course, yes. What? I am now part of the Celtic elite, the establishment, you might say. Proud moment for you, in all honesty. Yeah, it was. I couldn't believe it when it happened. You know, just uh, really, um, really, really proud moment, and uh, just you know, you know, whole life is almost kind of. Sounds like you talked like you've lost when you lost your virginity the way you're going on. (laughs) (laughs) Connor Park or the newly crowned Chinner Park? How are you, Connor? (laughs) Very well, thank you. How about your three chins? Oh, that's, that's just turning into bullying early doors <laughs> don't, don't want to set a bad precedent um, And you're on the couch today, Connor. I am, I pulled up a couch uh, <laughs> Instead of a seat this afternoon So me and Mr Callum Fisher Who's sitting beside me Are sharing a couch and drinking some iron brew During this fine podcast Dead air um, Callum Fisher, as Connor says Also <coughs> on the couch How are things going, Callum? Fine, you're just wanting me to tell everybody I'm hungover. <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really. Nobody Fine, meant to tell that. everyone you're hungover. Uh, start as we mean to go on. Aye. Yeah, I'm hungover, yeah. Um, a good old night out in air last night, but put the burst ball. I think uh, it's about time we probably did one of these things because we've kind of not done one in a while. We've kind of not bothered really, have we, since 2017 we've done. Uh, we've been incredibly busy. Aye, we, we did. Yeah, we did a podcast, me, Kelly Cow, and Matt Finlay. Um, You're not steaming Yeah I ended up wrecked man <laughs> And apparently a few folk noticed But struggling to say that um, What's his name's name um, Brewster Craig oh, Brewster Connor, I, Connor Park has just Put aftershave onto his chins Right I'm abandoning all part <laughs> To do with Connor Park's no, wait, many chins why, why did you just go and spray yourself with aftershave Randomly Hamish was on a roll there he also, he also moved up Closer to me in the couch <laughs> 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 yeah, Connor's going to be enjoying this podcast because we are going to abandon all chat and I can see a few faces dropping already of the top flight and we're going to have a lower league podcast because it seems to be the thing to do Clyde Super Scoreboard have been going mad on the lower leagues lately um, and a few other podcasts as well are doing the lower leagues so I think we should probably chat about the lower leagues if you are okay to do that Yes, yeah, of course Of course and we've got half the podcast off the lower league action this weekend, I think. We oh, do, well, yeah. Of course, I've Ross and that, actually, and oh, yes. Con. In fact, the whole podcast, apart, 
<laughs> I forgot. I forgot. I didn't really consider Falkirk as lower league. You know? Yeah, they are still lower league. Right, um, so. We'll start with the championship. Then the Hibs are kind of four points clear now. Their last game, of course, that win against Dundee United. Um, I made my points very or my feelings very clear on the the last show with regarding the. Uh, Ryan McGowan's comments that Dundee United should write off the title if they fall five or six points behind. Mental. Are yeah. they gonna are they gonna fall any further behind this weekend, maybe? In your own time, guys. <laughs> um Well, I think the comments are I can see where he's coming from because I do think that Hot Hibs are a better team than Dundee United, a better squad on paper, and Dundee United are a bit so they're a bit thin, they need to recruit in, in January. Although I can see why the comments are a bit scandalous. You don't just give up on the title when you're five points behind. Mm. Um, but they are thin on the ground. Under United, they need to recruit this this January. And preferably, I thought they would actually get a bit of business done before tomorrow. Mm. But they haven't really been linked with the Norwegian, boy, the Norwegian boy from... Norwegian club. Connor did say this Norway. to me. I can't remember their name. Mikkelsen. Mikkelsen's his name, but I can't remember where they, where he came oh, from. Denzi. Or Dentsey. That's mm. a Danish club. A yes. Danish club, yes. <laughs> so it's a decent calibre of player. We don't obviously know yet how good he's going to be. But they have been flirting with a few players like Connor Salmon, my personal favourite, 20 goal mm. season striker, um, these sort of players. But yeah, I thought they'd have something a bit more concrete, a bit more, I hate saying like proven, because it just reminds me of like. Paul Merson, Phil Thompson, that Hull thing. Like we need proven Scottish Championship Get players. Up. Players, yeah. I grit determination. determination. Know what the game's all about, mm. and that because he could he could be a really good player, Mickelson. But I thought they yeah. would get somebody that that you know a more uh, well known player, maybe. Certainly, a market they've been going down. They've signed all these Dutch boys, and they've obviously got a, a Norwegian or Danish or whatever he is um, now. But I mean, it's it's an interesting one for Dundee United, Lewis, because do, do they go and do they push out the boat, try to catch Hibs and leave themselves possibly in, in financial ruin? Because we all know Hibs have greater backing, they play to more fans every week, they're a bigger club, no one would argue with that. And we also know what the playoffs are like. The playoffs, there is no certainties at all about the playoffs. Dundee United could easily find themselves in the Championship again next season. Yeah, definitely. And I think the way... You know, some of the teams that are playing in the playoffs are playing this now. You know, there's no reason to kind of suggest that you know United will have an easy time if you know the inevitable probably does happen and they do. You know, end up in the playoffs. Um, you know, because you know Falkirk's not going to be an easy game by any means, and even a team like Morton, you know, I think you know probably will get that fourth place spot. I think you know. He could definitely cause an upset, and you know, especially at home. You know, home record's been excellent this season. So, um, yeah, it's it's difficult, and I don't really know. I, I'm not sure if they the ins and outs of United if they have actually budgeted, you know, for um, or to go back into the the top fight next year. But um, you'd maybe think a oh, club that stature and size, you know, the longer they're down there is probably not good for them. You know, mm. they need to be back up there as soon as they can. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's difficult, but I I mean I echo what Johnny says. I don't think the, the title race is over by any means, but um, certainly need to maybe recruit a few uh, decent decent players in in the coming weeks. Is it the end of the world if Dundee United don't make it up this season, Ross? I mean, you, you look at them in a normal year. Once they get relegated, you'd be you'd be saying this is a team that has to bounce straight back up. But this isn't a normal time. You've got Hibs, as I say. Probably a, a club that, if anything, they need to be in the top flight more than Dundee United this season. Um, is, is it a disaster if Dundee United are in the Championship again next year? Well, first of all, I don't think it's been a normal time in the Championship for a good few years now with Rangers and Hearts and 
these teams all battling. You know, we've seen Falkirk, um, <coughs> you know, putting up a, a fight as well. So I think it's it is very difficult. Um, Dundee United are obviously they're obviously still in it. Um, I think the fans possibly might. I don't know if they'd view it as a disaster, but they obviously realise Hibs are there and Hibs are probably a better side, you know, just going by the, the 3-0 victory last week. But I think they probably would view it as, as failure if they don't go up this season without doubt, um, because there's no doubt they are the second best team by, in my own opinion, a, a decent margin um, in, that, in that league. Um, so they, they should be, and personally I think they're a team that belong in the, in the Premiership, um, the sooner they can get back up, the better for for both them and Scottish football. But yeah, I think it, I, whether I'd say it's a disaster, I think is maybe slightly far because if they don't go up this season, then they will they will go up next season. Um, I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but I think basically they need to need to part with some money, part with some cash, and um, strengthen a wee bit. They're disappointing at Easter Road, Dundee night. Really disappointing. I thought they were like for this team. I've heard so much about they they just didn't show up at all. There was no fight at all it was like the Dundee United of last season which was interesting and Willow Flood was just it's a contender for, for the worst performance I think in living memory he was he was absolutely dire uh, against Hibs on Saturday looking ahead to this weekend you've got Hibs at Dumbarton and Dundee United at home to Queen of the South are either of them going to drop any points? Well, Queen of the South obviously a good result last week um, Dumbarton I, mean, I think anyone could beat well. someone just now in fairness but um, to go there and win 3-0 after not winning in 13 games that's obviously going to give you a confidence booster uh, mm. you would think so um, they'll be going into that with a bit of confidence Dumbarton Dundee United I think will probably be quite tight Dumbarton have also been good form um, Dumbarton against Hibs oh sorry Dumbarton <laughs> against uh, Dumbarton have been good form so um, same same applies if, if they were playing Dundee United I think it will be tight but um, you'd probably fancy Hibs just to, just to nick it they scooped the, the manager and the player of the month, Connor, Dumbarton. They're a, they're a team that are probably the one you don't want to be playing at the moment. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's, a lot of th- people say, talk about, you know, going down there and, you know, there's obviously one side stadium, it's freezing, it's horrible. And that's an advantage. But they've proved probably over the past five or six games that um, they can get results, whether they're at home or away. Um, and they've, they've done well. They're, they know where they want to be where they need to be uh, they probably know the limitations as well in the division but what I like is you know they're a club they've went out and done their business early um, they've got a good enough settled squad <coughs> albeit they're benefiting slightly from um, the downfall of, of St Mirren um, but they'll fancy that their chances of, of taking something against Hibs I mean it's at Dumbarton um, and it's very much a ground I feel if you can if they can keep Hibs for the first kind of 45 60 minutes even if there's a goal in it you always <coughs> fancy their chances and it sounds bad but <coughs> you always kind of with the wind and all that almost like a fluky goal you can expect them yeah. to, to get but it does seem to happen for them and it wouldn't surprise me if Hibs dropped points there, nor would it surprise me if Dundee United dropped points to Queen of the South. Mm. Um, maybe I'm talking with what I would like, but um, certainly both those teams have shown um, that on their day they, they, they do have the capabilities of of taking something from either of those sides. Talk about like Dumbarton away though, I know you kind of touched on it there, but f- for a guy like me and probably the average person, you don't really know 
what it is about Dumbarton where you, you just struggle there but it seems to be a place that the big teams do struggle yeah. they beat Hibs twice last season beat Dumbarton uh, Dundee United already this season what, what is it about I know I've been there it's a, it's a horrible kind of empty kind of place yeah it is but at the end of the day if you're if you're going to if you're going to win the league, you've got to go in the bar. I win. I know that, yeah. but the fact uh, is that teams haven't been doing it, and like, what is the reason for that? Is it is it to do with the way he well, sets up the team, Stephen Aitken? They've beat they beat Hibs last year. They've beaten Dundee United this year. They've beaten Falkirk this year. Um, and if if Dumbarton, you know, were to be the Barton's problem, isn't playing against um, teams like Cabernet and Falkirk. Dundee United, the, the bigger teams in the league, they actually seem to handle them quite well. Um, it's a little bit of consistency um, that but against against smaller sides in the league that they maybe need a little bit more, and it does link in to me because you've got teams likes of as I t- touched on Hibs, Dundee United, Falkirk, who are used to playing regularly in bigger arenas, who are used to playing and have a little bit more luxury around them, are used to their home setting. And going to Dumbarton, it's a tough, tough place. It's tight. It's inside, and then obviously when you come outside, it, there's a kind of really soulless feel to it. No, I get, uh, I get that completely. I, I get well, that completely. I, so it's a it's a total mix. It's a total throwing you over, and it's just a place that they've kind of benefited themselves. I mean, Dumbarton have made it their home. That you know they 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 train there. I think. Um, so t- times they, they they're used to there. If you look, um, you know I think like there's they've got like, like nice wee bits set up with a, a pool table that you see them relaxing before a game and all that sort of stuff. And it's very but they've made it their own. They, if you're a visiting team going there though, it's not a nice place to go, um, and they have to use that to their advantage. And I think it's just that these results when it is bigger teams in the league always get shown up more. Um, but you can't take away. You can't just turn around and say that the reason that these teams are struggling isn't. It's just because of ground. You have to give them some credit with the squad yeah, that the they've way, built, the they set up, with right. the management that they've got. And as I say, they're very much a club that strikes me as knowing their limitations, knowing their capabilities, playing on what strengths they have. Mm. And using it all to their advantage. It was interesting hearing him during the week when he was interviewed after winning the manager of the month, and he, he was um, asking or he was talking about um, the kind of the goals for the season. And he says if they finish in eighth place, that is their equivalent of Hibs finishing first place. They've, yeah. they've achieved their, their target, which is is fair play to them. I just during this podcast, I want to pick on teams that we we never touch on and give them some credit. And Dumbarton's a team. I don't know in the 119 shows previously we've ever properly spoken about Dumbarton and they definitely deserve credit because they continually are, are punching above their weight. I mean, they're, they're, a league, they're a League One club probably in reality, aren't they? And they're playing in the Championship <coughs> and they have done so for the last few years. Um, on you go, Lewis. Yeah, I think the biggest compliment you could give them is probably saying they're the best run uh, part-time club in, club in Scotland. I, th- I think, you know, there's no doubt for me. I think they are. And I think they've shown that the last couple of years as well that... Um, you know, just the way that the club runs, uh, even at the kind of utilization of the, utilizing kind of loans from from higher ups and stuff, uh, higher up teams and that, you know, has been has been really you know valuable f- for them for the last couple of years. So, uh, yeah, uh, certainly a club that I think we we don't give a lot of kind of credit to, but um, 
yeah, they could continually punch above their whip. Yeah. Um, so talking of clubs uh, being run in certain ways, Morton have got a new chief executive, former player called Warren Hawke. He scored four, 53 goals, sorry, and 247 appearances. He's our new chief executive. And um, they're sitting third in the league, Callum, and they've, they've been a team, Morton, that have... Um, they're doing very nicely. And if they win their game in hand... Um, they'll, they'll move to just four points behind Dundee United, so it just shows uh, the job they've been doing this season. Aye, uh, sorry, it took me a minute to get up off the couch there. Um, it does, I think, uh, being someone that obviously doesn't follow the Championship quite as much as uh, some of the, some of the other folk on the podcast, um, it, is, it, it was surprising um, to see how well Morton were doing at the start of the season, but obviously they've managed to continue it, and I, I think a lot of people probably would have said with Morton, um, they would have been kind of mid-table um, for the majority of the season but but they're right up there and then obviously we were talking about Hibs and Dundee United kind of being the two um, above the rest but, but fair play to them um, for, what, for what they've done um, and, and last season as well certainly when obviously my own team was in that league Morton were one of the teams that uh, I think along with Falkirk and Hibs that regularly in every single game um, gave us a Difficult game, and whether that be at Ibrox or Capo, so so fair play to them for, for mm. continuing to do well. I've only lost four games this season. Morton, um, Falkirk, last six games, one, two, drawn two, lost two. A very inconsistent season, Connor. Yeah, uh, I think on a whole, you know, there was always a standard kind of set last season. Um, you look at the the points total of mass and all this sort of stuff that any other season that's a a championship winning season. Um, so <clears throat> realistically, you have to try and find ways to replicate that. But when you lose kind of two key players, it's always going to be tough. Um, I think there's a bit of a feeling that we've still got you know 16 games or so to go. Um, mm. We've as you say we've been there has been a lot of inconsistency. I think we've had kind of one run. About October time, when we went kind of six games unbeaten, but that's kind of as, as far as it's went so far. Um, so there, there is, a, and we're still comfortably in a playoff position after all that. So, mm. no, I mean, I think you know, obviously, we've danced at the start of the season. You would like to be closer to Hibs and Dundee United, but I certainly feel, you know, there's a chance, hopefully, to get a run in the Scottish Cup. Um, if we can get a bit more consistency together, then we'll be in a decent position, hopefully, come the end of the season. And I think there's still a lot, lot more to come um, from this team because the bulk of it were the team that went, but only lost, I think, four games at home last season. All mm. these sort of stats that you can pull out. So it has been disappointing in a sense, but ultimately the target um, was playoffs. And at the moment, you know, you're still sitting five points in there having not really played as well as you would have wanted to. Yeah, I think getting third place is a big thing for Falkirk. You get that kind of um, advantage um, going, yeah, going I mean, into that game, but it's a lot of football to play in the playoffs. It's interesting, though, because I mean, last weekend could be could be quite key, you know, because if you lost that to Wraith Rovers, you're pulled right in beside them and you're really with the pack that are underneath. Mm. Whereas now you've got a five-point gap, a 4-1 win breeds a lot of confidence. Uh, and you know, even Peter Houston after the game said, people were saying, "Oh, that's you. That's good. You've got a platform um, to go five points clear ahead of Wraith Rovers." And he said, "Well, yeah." He says, "But he says we need to now look. We're eight points behind Dundee United. So how do we pull that back? You know what I mean? We've closed the gap slightly there than what it was because they lost on the 
on the Friday evening. So we closed the gap there. So then let's try and amass it. There's certainly no, you know, feeling that anything's out of reach or anything like that. Not that you'd ever say, but you need to always look at the team above you. And I think the next step's probably on top of Morton and then just keep going and going. Because I say, still, I think, 40-odd points to play for. Um, I make it 48. 48, so mm. almost 50 points to play for. Um, and from what I've seen in the league as a whole, and this does sound, there's really not a lot between any of the teams, and any team could beat each other on the day, as it's proven, and that's really what's been so tough so far, as yeah. it has every so often. You've had games where you've been slightly inconsistent, and then you get shock results every so often as well, that adds mm -hmm. in the mix. So, no, it's been a up and down kind of first half of the season, but I'm hopeful that, you know, could be a, a good wee run, hopefully, in the second half. Your voice kind of lessened there as you started to, to make a claim that you were going to do something this season. So you kept it nice and calm. Something can happen in the second half of the season. Uh, I think Falkirk will make the playoffs. And I think we've said it before, Johnny, you wouldn't write them out um, going into games like that. I don't know why I said your name because I'm not going to oh. stay with Falkirk any longer. I'm going to ask you about Wraith Rovers because they're oh, kind of okay. falling apart everywhere. Yeah, and I think we were speaking about this off air and uh, I think the two Callums would love to see and hear that Gary Locke's sinking a ship at, mm. at Wraith, but I don't think that it's all his fault. I mean, we seen their press release the other day, it was a total shambles, you know, basically blaming the the support, or not blaming them, but slagging off their own support, saying, we've, we've reduced ticket prices, where are you, basically, mm. to their own fans, um, which is never going to go down well. Obviously, it's a good thing that they've reduced ticket prices. Maybe they were just trying to highlight it, they could have probably been a bit more subtle about it the signings they've made the fans are clearly not happy with what's going on you know their players I think there was three of them that come and gone from Rangers and I don't think the fans are happy the Stevenson one for me it could be a good signing uh, Stevenson's a bit of a weird one I don't I didn't really get his move from air to Dumbarton he's done okay at Dumbarton and now he's going to Wraith suddenly mm. you know I, I think he's a decent player Stevenson but I think the he's probably slightly over the hill, Ryan yeah. Stevenson. Steve, the, the, the signing policy seems to be a bit strange at Wraith. There doesn't seem to be that ambition. It's almost like they're a bit of a mid-table team, even though they are. you've got to remember fifth is mid-table in the championship, despite the fact they're still chasing those playoff places. Hmm. And I just think they will fall away a bit. Um, I don't think they're that much better than Dunfermline. In terms of the race for the fifth place of the playoffs. Last time they won, Ross, before Halloween. Yeah, I know, and it's it's quite remarkable that they're actually still sitting sitting in fifth. Um, I think that probably shows you just how good their start to the season was, um, and how how impressive they were. I think it's Gary Locke is one of these guys who either he's like my mate, either love him or you hate him. Um, so and I think Ray fans might be starting to to lose that a wee bit, and understandably, obviously, if they've not won since since Halloween. But you know, one one result changes things. I mean, you've the fact that they are still in fifth, you know, if you'd offered them that at the start of the season, obviously not winning since Halloween isn't ideal, but if you'd offered them fifth place at this point in the season, they would obviously have, have taken that. Um, I'm pretty sure they would have anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think football is a funny a funny business. If you win win a couple of games, then your your season can turn around pretty quickly. Yeah, game in hand must be against Morton looking in at the table. So that's a, an interesting one as well. I mean, if they, if they beat Morton, they're only three points off Morton, who mm. we've been talking about so much, and Wraith are apparently in a crisis. So it's an interesting one. Elsewhere, Dunfermline are probably the team that um, 
have picked up most uh, recently. They've, they've haven't lost since the eighth of November, which is a pretty good run. Mm. They've won four of those seven matches. They're they're looking really good. Dunfermline, Queen of the South, leveling points with them in twenty four points. Uh, we've already touched on the Barton, who are in twenty one. What about the bottom two? Because Air United, I'm starting to get a wee bit worried for Air United. I'm looking at their last 10 here and they've not got a single victory there. Who knows how long the run is? And apparently they're, they're not looking great either. Um, well, I think the last game I was at for Air was before I went home for Christmas was Dundee United. And they lost one nothing to Dundee United. Obadiah scored in the sixth minute. Um, and Air were far the better team that day. But... And I said this to Connor. I've done both Air Falkirk games with Connor, and all that they really have is long, well, not long balls, crosses into the box. That's their only danger ever. They've got no sort of attacking midfielder, no creative midfielder that can get the ball down and and play it through. It's Harkins up top, who's a danger. He is a danger, but it's just balls into the box. And I think actually that Dundee United game they had fifteen corners or fourteen corners. And they just, it was all the same. That was it. That was their only real threat, corners and crosses. And Like I say, they, they need that creative midfielder. And I think Forrest has had a good season. I would class him as more of a striker. Somebody needs to be feeding balls into him more. That game, I think, against Dumbarton was huge. Where they, they chucked away a lead a couple of times. I think it finished 4 all somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the last game you'd pick out for a 4 all air against Dumbarton at Somerset Park. But for me, if they'd won that, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be sitting in, in the place they are now. Well, obviously they'd be two points better off, but they would they would make such a difference with, they'd actually be two points ahead of Dumbarton, I think, or a point ahead of Dumbarton. So it would be very very big, and even just for the confidence, because I think they they've got Falkirk away this weekend, mm. where you're not fancying them, and I can't remember exactly, but I think they've got quite a difficult run. So say it it was kind of swept under the carpet that. 10 games is you've played the entire league mm. and they've not won so it is very worrying I think yeah they've got Falkirk uh, tomorrow Air United the final game is, is Dunfermline against St Mirren St Mirren are a team that are starting they look like they picked up for about two, two games um, they're not looking great now Jack Ross is well, he's dealing with uh, supporters who are confronting him after after the defeat last week. Um, that, that game you touched on, the Queen of the South, and it's another club that doesn't seem to be a very happy place at the moment. Uh, yes, well, it's not. I think you've got to have a, a degree of sympathy for Jack Ross because at the end of the day, these aren't his players. That is, I know it's a, a kind of cliche excuse, but at the end of the day, they're not his players um, and they haven't been performing. He's brought in a few guys. I think now is when you start to judge Jack Ross. Um, you know, he's brought in a few guys. He's brought in Story. He's brought in a, a defender. I uh, really as well. Brought in a defender from Norway, and this guy is actually Norwegian called Ingeld. My pronunciation might be wrong, but uh, apparently he's going to go straight into the team tomorrow. Um, so he's brought in some players. Um, obviously, we've we've got rid of Shankland, um, who's went straight to Morton, which is. It, it just seems a bit bizarre because I'd say Morton's a step up, but then again, I actually think he'll he'll play more for Morton and he'll probably score. I think he'll score a decent number of goals at Morton actually. Um, maybe just it's because he's getting better service. I don't yeah, know. I think so. Um, but I mean, I think he scored four and twenty four for us or something. Not not great by any manner of means. But I mean, you look you look through. I've said this so many times. I feel like a parrot repeating myself. But you look through. St Man's squad and there are decent players in there you know what I mean and 
you know, we've got players like Rocco Quinn. I know they're not they're not household names, but they are they are proven Premier League players. I know they're getting on about now, but Rocco Quinn, Gary Irvin, David Clarkson, John Sutton, these guys are all players who have played at a decent level for a number of years and who have you know, Clarkson and Sutton have been scoring have scored a number of goals in the Premier League in in fairly recent times as well. So I think it's there's something not right and it's it's clearly not clicking. Um and you know we've chopped and changed managers. I don't know what the statistics are, but it's been a fair few in recent times. You know, get rid of Alex Ray down to fan pressure. Um, so I don't think you know t- shouting at the manager after the game. Okay, you're frustrated, but I think it's the players in the pitch you need to take a bit of responsibility. Um, Jason Naismith's going to Ross County as well. I saw that, which is a, it seems a bit strange. I've never been that impressed by him really. Um, but. Good luck to him. I think you know it's it's obviously a, a good move for him, a step up. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he copes with that. But yeah, I think it'll. I think it's going to be a long season um, for the rest of, the rest of the time, and I, I really can't see you staying up at this rate anyway. Um, I think I honestly think we are doomed, which which is pretty unbelievable. I th- I, I don't think we've had a good performance since we won the cup in twenty thirteen, and that's Jesus. that's how bad we are. I think like see just in the relegation battle as a whole. Um, Although obviously it doesn't look great for Simon at the moment, I think the one you know kind of thing that they have over their kind of competitors is that they have the ability to kind of sign you know, decent mm. paper, like decent players on paper. And so you're you know you're like see so your yeah, boys. We, we, we turn like every we turn every decent player we sign it, into an true, average. It's true. It's true. But if you know this is now Jack Ross, this is as you said he's bringing mm. his own players in. So if this clicks for them, you know. You know, the likes of Air, they don't have the ability to you know get these players in. You know they don't have the budgets or, or whatever and. You know, whereas you know, some men, although they are struggling, obviously, and they probably do look favourites uh, to be going down at the moment. You know, they do have the ability, so that's probably the the, the thing they have over them. At the I, moment, would, I'd I would say. agree, but you'd, you see, air of signed like Balatoni and Harkins, who've both been. Harkins was that someone who was just one of these guys. I think that would upset a dressing room. I think he's just one mm. of these guys that's a big ego. I think he's a better player than he actually is. I think he's. Yeah, I've he never is. been a great fan of Harkins at the top at the top flight level, but for air he is. Oh, he I is stand out. Ba- and uh, Balaton is well, excellent for air. Really although I agree with you, one thing I'll say is that the summer window, you're more likely to get these type of yeah. players at air than you would be at January. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the thing, the thing know. that surprises me is actually getting. Rory Loy, I, I think that's quite strange getting him on loan. It's a good signing. I'm not complaining. You know what I mean? It's a, I think him and John Sutton could actually link up a decent partnership together. You know, mm. a couple of years ago, you know, probably about a year ago, you'd that's your key that's, that's, a, that's, that's a, a key. Sorry, a couple of years ago. What? That's what you keep saying. A couple of years ago, that's a couple of years ago. That. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying a couple of years ago, yeah, exactly. that would be a, a decent pairing in in the Premiership. A couple you know of years I mean? ago. Yeah, but Sutton was scoring goals in the Premiership. A couple last of years season. ago. St. Mirren St. Mirren are like completely overrated. Like the the players they've got, they've got a team of players who, for whatever reason, don't fancy it, and they've not fancied it since they won won the cup. Because yeah, no, I know, but I'm saying the, the team of players are are better than the teams around them. Oh, they're, 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 they're a better they're a better squad. Yes. Than where their position suggests at this moment in time, yeah. but on no. on paper, but they're air. No, I know air and uh, Dumbarton are. Are better teams than St Mirren. Yeah, that's why I said squad. So. <laughs> no, but the way they're playing this season. No, 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 no. Aye, What I'm saying is difference. there is a difference. That St Mirren have a better squad. Like if you look at St Mirren, I'm sorry, but if you look at St Mirren's bench, even on a Saturday afternoon, you would rather if you had to pick between their bench and their bench, you would still pick the St Mirren bench. Mm-hmm. 
So why are they seven points ahead? Well, that's that's the difference. I was saying the the thing with Air though is they're missing probably striker. a striker away from being a very yeah. c- uh, capable championship squad. Um, even McCall's already said he wants to sign one. He's already now the struggle the struggle for them and what they have said is it's money and, that, and that's yeah, the difference. I'm sure he would love to have signed a Rory Loy um, or a Shankland. Yeah. yeah. But in fairness to Air, they rejected a bid for Balotelli, where it would have been easy to, to take money and and think, well, we'll do we strengthen elsewhere. But they they do have aspirations to stay up, but they need to take their time more. Mm. You know, you'll not. I would be very surprised if you ever seen a day in this window where Air signed two players in a day. That's what Man have been able to do. But unless you've got the heart and the squad to to stay up, then. You're always going to struggle. That's what you say about Aaron and Dumbarton. These are all kind of boys, and I don't want to discredit Aaron and Dumbarton players, but they've all had a bit of rejection in their life from football. Mm. They yeah, have. Right, yeah. They've all been. They've all had to take that step down. A lot of them have, have been in slightly bigger clubs on the cusp of it, but haven't quite made it, and have had to go and readjust. They've got a bit of fight about them. Um, yeah, I, that's I agree completely. It's probably lacking in St Mirren. You could um, argue maybe these are guys that Aaron and Barton have a point to prove, whereas St Mirren yeah. is the complete opposite. It is players who have been there, done that, and now it's kind of. I mean, it's maybe completely harsh, but and maybe that's players, why. But that that's maybe why the younger players are standing out so much at St Mirren because mm. they're now the ones coming in. The, I, the I also I also think that and I, a point to prove. I've not seen a lot of St Mirren and I've heard the young ones have been the ones it's always the thing you hear though when a team's struggling it's always oh that, that kid's the one he's been brilliant and all that it's kind of sometimes an easy argument to make oh, I mean yeah. if, the, if these kids had been absolutely brilliant St Mirren I don't care what you say St Mirren wouldn't be bottom of the league if these kids were as good as a lot of folk are talking I, I always go back to you know we talk about even and this is linked Dundee United the last season mm. had players that shouldn't have being a, a relegation side um, and I always remember John Rankin saying every game that you lose especially going towards the run at the end when you get this time of the season you go forward it's like you lose another head and he says and you need characters in the dressing room hmm. that will keep that will when these heads are dropping will keep them up but with every defeat it can feel like you're losing another one or another two and that's where St Mirren need to struggle because there's no real like as much as you know, you all laugh at uh, a uh, Jim Goodwin-esque player. As I was going to say, there's no leaders in someone's team. Why and a Stephen Thompson-esque player. The names in that team sheet, like, that should be leaders. Webster, Sutton, like, players who yeah, have played at the highest level. Why is there no leaders? Was, guys my point the team week in, week out. Ross has come in there. Okay, my, my point was more, it's all right having these young players in now. But what happens yeah, if their heads go? If they're the shining lights, if they're the ones that have got the fight, have got the character, the danger comes if they, you know, think, how, how are we going to do this? But everyone's saying they're doomed. Again, it's on paper only, which you know, you're, they're thinking they're going to have to click, or that's what they'll be thinking anyway. Um, should there be two games this season where, in theory, St Mirren when and Aaron Dumbarton don't, there probably should be. But on evidence so far, this half of the season, I'll, I sum it up in this sense. If Air were to, if Air were going to a game, they would get a point. Right? If they drew the game. 
no, 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 you've, no, what I'm saying is, a game that St Mirren would lose, Air might get a point. Yeah. The, the other thing yeah. I would possibly point at is, you know, Air and Dunfermline and Dumbarton are all expected to be down there. St Mirren at the start of the season, you know, at the start of the season, Air, Dunfermline, Dunbarton, the sole aim would have been for them to survive. I'm, I'm pretty confident that. Dunfermline maybe pushing up a wee bit, but I'm pretty confident their sole aim would have been to survive. St Mern's would have been playoffs, at least, probably. Yeah. You know, there's no doubt in that. So I think that weight of expectation, you know, at the start of the season, that was a perfectly plausible expectation to have on our shoulders, but we didn't live up to it. And then from there, you're thinking, right, now we need to get this place, now we need to get this place. Mm. Now we're looking at relegation. And that must be really, really difficult mentally for the players and for the coaching staff as well. One thing I would say, I think Jack Ross has handled himself really well. I think it was really interesting what he did on Saturday when he was confronted by the fans. He went over and he, he kind of calmly but assertively said to the guy, look, we don't need the fans turning on the team at this point. And I think St Mirren, I just wonder, I've been to a lot of St Mirren games, I just wonder if the kind of toxic atmosphere of the fans has anything to do with how poor you are at home. Like It's it's not a, it's not a nice place to play your football mm. at St Mirren and it's, it's a real kind of... Maybe that's harsh blaming the fans for all the the team's kind of shortcomings over the last couple of seasons, but I'd I'd give. I mean, I heard there was fans asking or, or saying that that Jack Ross should go, and it was time for him to go. Absolutely nonsense. I think oh, you've got to give Jack Ross time to get his own team. I think he's a, a cracking young manager, um, and he's handled himself really well. And I think uh, I don't know. I'm kind of split between thinking they'll turn it round and, and thinking they might not. It's a I, I'm I don't want to say an opinion on it. I'm right in the fence. I think I'm kind of the same. I, I actually <clears throat> I listened to an interview with Jack Ross on Sunday on uh, Radio Scotland and he explained why he did what he did. He stood by it. Um, and the guy does talk a lot of sense. Yeah. It's interesting though because you even look at, you talk about players on paper, you know, they've got a management team there that really have a lot of know-how and have actually quite a decent bit of experience without managing <coughs> top level for, for years. But James Fowler is the assistant Aye. there. I watched the two of them um, at Falkirk. And I, what I would say is any time I have actually seen St Man this season, two or three times, they've not performed, in my opinion, a team that were sitting... Uh, bottom of the championship. Ah, that's that's the thing. Apparently, you know, we've been playing very well, but simply not scoring goals. And I mean, I think you get that all the time. You know, you talk about teams, oh, they're playing, they're playing well, but they're not winning. It's 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 a really, again, to use the word cliche, you know, but it's a situation we find ourselves in. I don't think we can despair about it. Or we're, we're unlucky. You make your own luck. Do you know what I mean? No, th- this is what I take it back to my point. St. Mirren might be on top, but. Is it a goal? If they lose, well, if St Mirren's on top of that game and then they lose a goal, is that it? Is that game over? Yeah. If they're good, if they're in are in a game and they go one down to a Falkirk, to Dundee United, to a Hibernian, to anybody in the league, it's not game over for them. It, mm. The thing that I thought might have turned our season around actually was when we went, when we went, we were playing here at home and we were drawn nil nil and we missed a penalty, and then they went up the other end and scored and there was only about five ten minutes left. This was a cup but we, game. we got a late equaliser and I thought, you know, that, that shows really good character and it's something we wouldn't have done earlier in the season. But now, what, three, four weeks later you're thinking, geez oh, we're, we're back to we're back to where we were and you can't see that happening now, so it's it's pretty desperate times. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll leave us at mid in discussion there for now. I'm sure we'll return back to it at some point later on in the season, probably several points later on in the season. We'll go to Scottish League One. Livingston, despite losing two of their last three games, Johnny, are still going to win League One and going to win it pretty comfortably. Yeah, I think I did Livingston away at Stenny last time, um, last game before Christmas, I think, and uh, uh, Hop- Hopkins? David Hopkin. Hopkin, sorry, yeah, name nearly escaped me there. Um, said I think they were nine points clear after that game, and he said there's no way if if someone comes into the dressing room with the mentality that we've won this league, I'll I'll sell them. I'll, they won't be in my squad. There's just no way I'll I'll play somebody who who thinks it'll be a walk in the park. It's I think they then went on to lose two games in a row. Yeah, and then and they're still they're still nine points clear. It seems to be a few inconsistent teams. At the top of the league there, what were you going to say? They're, well, they're nine points clear and if someone had taken advantage of them losing mm. um, their, their last or the two of the last three, then there'd only be three points clear. So it's it's an interesting kind of one because it's not a league that you can... I mean, it's a league you probably know quite well, Lewis, from, from watching all the games. It's not a league that you can take any games for granted. I mean, the easiest game, Stenhouse-Muir at home, um, at, according to the table, um, you never know what you're going to get there. Well, exactly. I mean, um, covered Airdrie um, against Dennis Muir at home and they get absolutely hammered. And I think that's the difference between uh, Livingston and, um, you know, your Airdrie's and your Alas. And I wouldn't have said that at the start of the season in regards to Alas, but I'm probably going to say it now. Um, but in terms of Airdrie, when I saw them, I, I was. I know obviously that's probably been their, probably the worst result of the season or whatever. Um, History. But that's the worst loss in any club's history sure, uh, but no I think I, I kind of made my mind up right there that I just don't think they've got the mentality of you know kind of title or, or winning that you know win, winning the title of champions or whatever uh, whereas Livingston I think you know although you know they will have slip ups here and there because you know again there's not really too much between um, the teams as sort of similar to the championship everyone can beat anyone on any given day I mean we wouldn't have said that a couple of weeks mm. months ago with in regards to Stenny but now they're even you know going on somewhat of a run so um, yeah I think I think Livingston probably will win that, that, that league um, but I think it's more so to do with I just don't think anyone will uh, make up a kind of credible challenge or will, you know get enough games and wins under the belt to uh, challenge them. Yeah, Albion Rovers, the visitors to the Tony Macaroni Stadium tomorrow. The game you're at is Aloha and Peterhead. It was 4-0 Aloha at the start of the season. First game of the season, remember, Matt Finlay um, took Peterhead in the, what was it called, the first thing we did? uh, Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing, he beat 4-0. No worries, good start to the season. Matt hasn't really looked up for him since then. (laughs) But Aloha are are the closest to Livingston. Do you foresee any problems tomorrow for them against Hmm. Peterhead? Well, Peterhead, they're a funny one. I mean, they... I've seen them a few times this year, and obviously in the first game of the season they were they were dreadful. And I think overall, certainly that squad on paper should be doing better. I think you know with, with the players they've got, you know your, you know Simon Ferries, Nicky Riley's, um, obviously with McAllister and like McIntosh and stuff. You know that's at that level there's some really good players there. Um, so yeah, definitely should be doing better. But you know they can beat anyone on a day. You know I saw them beat Livingston. Um, this season as well so 
I'm more than capable of getting results. I'm actually more interested in seeing how I will get on because I've obviously, when I saw them, I saw them uh, twice at the start of the year, but I have not seen them since. And obviously, this is now under Jim Goodwin, and um, I'm kind of interested just to see how they get on and what the difference inside and what's kind of went wrong for them because it's it's quite bizarre. I think mm. it's certainly at the start of the year we would never have said this would happen. I think yeah. like, we would always have said, "Aye, it was definitely a two horse race going. This is going to be the tightest league of of any of them." To be honest, and mm. it's just d- d- not worked out that way at all. Yeah, Alawa two wins in the last eight, but they have come in the last two weeks: two mm. one against Stranraer and four two against Stenhouse Muir, the two bottom teams in the league. So I don't know if you read too much into that. Um, Johnny, you are Steny against. Uh, uh, the two yeah. teams I was talking about there and you've already seen this game as well and it was a humping as well was it 5-0? yeah 5-0 to Stranraer and they still weren't happy that day as well Stranraer they said I think the um, Willie Gibson described it as the mm. worst performance of the season and they won 5-0 away from home so it's Gibson against Furtado tomorrow oh yeah they didn't like each other apparently Furtado spat at Gibson last time they played so could be fireworks um, yeah, could be fireworks and uh, the Steny fans could be out to get me after that cheeky comment a, a minute ago as well about them being the worst result in Edry's history so I better watch <laughs> out tomorrow but uh, nah, it'll be it'll be a good one I just wish that me and Lewis could could maybe swap games or something because we've already seen these games ourselves <laughs> like this season you could do that like, could. I suppose so Nah, I'm too obsessed with Steny actually. Yeah. I, I yeah, love Oko them too much. Laugh, didn't you? I mm. I do. I like I, the first time I went to well this game five 0 first time I was mm. there. I wasn't a huge fan of Oakview, but I quite like it now. Fell in love with the place. Yeah, it's a big game. There's worse. Oakville. There's worse grounds. Hundred percent. There's worse grounds. Ah. And it is a big game. It's bottom a two, game. isn't it? Yeah, bottom two. Steny win. They go off the bottom for the first time. My first time in living memory. Sunrar um, <laughs> can go. Um, eighth, they can go out of the the playoff places. You could end up with Peterhead in ninth place, depending on the way results go. You two be texting each other with updates during the game. Of, of the course, yeah. Mm. Mm. Johnny's helicopter as well. Yeah, helicopter I've Saturday. I've got a decent phone, so I won't have to like, ask my parents to text me scores and stuff like that now. And so I'll actually be able to use my internet like a, a modern twenty first century <laughs> human being. Good stuff. Fun. That is Allo, no it's not, Stenhouse Muir against Stranraer. We've also got Brecon City, Queen's Park. Queen's Park maybe going for a few more incredible goals, back heel, nutmegs, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And the final game is Airdrionians against East Fife. Um, can I get one prediction from you guys that's going to happen this weekend in League One? Seen as you two are the, the League One experts, confer and come up with one prediction. I think Stranraro beat Stenhouse Muir. I, d- I didn't like the price you told me though, six but to maybe five. that's why I d- that's why I'm bad at betting because I think Stranraro win, but I wouldn't put money on them at six to five. There's nothing that really kind of straights out as me this weekend, really. Mm. I don't think. Um, I think certainly the fact that I love, you know, it's two wins in the bounds, maybe. Mm. against the bottom two but then Peter Head again I've already said it they're more than capable of you know beating the top teams on their day so Mm. um, they're beating the bottom two in the last two games three out of three who's back he's five for a decent game actually it's Edry's five you're loving the the, the, (laughs) the matchups this weekend Ross Um, (laughs) fantasy matchups we'll we'll delve into League 2 then because I'm at Clyde Montrose yes a big day tomorrow for me my first ever viewing of Montrose Probably the tumbleweed 
Dance I, I know, I know. They're and... probably. I'm just trying to work out if they are the last team that have now, and I've not seen Edinburgh City or Cowdenbeath or Elgin or Annan <laughs> <laughs> or. I've had the pleasure of seeing Montrose and Arbroath draw 0 0 the other week, which was uh, first half the worst half of football I think I've ever seen in my entire life. There was about three shots, one, three balls in the ocean, a couple of seagulls. A couple of seagulls in the <laughs> No corners. A couple of fishes uh, in bovels. Yeah, I, I also I looked at the uh, distance between the sea and uh, Gayfield, and it's at least. Forty meters at at the closest point. The There's tight, absolutely the no way. I should probably point out that this will be going over the listeners' mm. heads because it was a paid-for episode and patron. So oh. probably, unless you're one of the four people in the planet, unless you're one of the few people on the planet that knows that apparently a fish landed in a guy's bovril at Gayfield on a stormy day, then uh, you won't really get that. But you will now. So uh, that's always a good point. Johnny and if, you, if, if the person is listening who had the fish land in their bovril, then you're get, a liar. Get in touch, yeah. That's what I'll say to you. <laughs> um, well, I may certainly be uh, fishing for some goals tomorrow. That's <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing I think I've oh. ever said, by the way. Um, Clyde Montrose. Uh, I'm not even going to talk after that, to be honest. Uh, it's Arbroath, Berwick Rangers, Clyde Montrose, Cowdenbeath, Edinburgh, Elgin City, Annan, and for for Stirling can Albion. We, can There's, we talk about Clyde? You can please. if you want, I'm going to shut up. Because I yeah, don't think we've actually, place. yeah, we've not really talked about them at all recently. Yeah, and not had a podcast recently. Of course, but I, it's just like, we talk about it, like, me and Johnny kind of discussed it, and I've discussed it with Hamish as well. I'm, yep. Just keep going. Who, uh, who, who was that who walked into the uh, studio? Just some there? absolute clown. Are you Are recording? Obviously. Aye. Carry on, Lewis. Uh, anyway, right. Um, uh, I just, I, I mean, like that. This team on paper should be, you know, should be winning the league, and it should have won the league the last two seasons that Ferguson's been there, and it's not happened. And like it's 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 baffling some of the results they've had. Like, I, 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 it was almost kind of baffling that he's kind of still there. To be honest with you, um, you know, you know, we all discuss it, but it's I, I don't know, I don't really know what else to say. It's just like, I, yeah, it's no. it's interesting. Uh, I I just I, I just wondered when I when I heard Barry Ferguson's reaction after the Queen's Park game last season when they missed out on on promotion. It was it was a kind of strange attitude to have because he was almost kind of happy with um, the way things were going after missing out on what should be not just a goal, but it, sh- it should be a certainty, it should be a demand that, that Clyde get out of the bottom tier because they're bigger and better than that, in my opinion. And tomorrow, if they lose to Montrose, I'd, I'd say there'll be, um, there certainly should be questions asked about that. Um, so I've, I've run through all the games there. Hopefully Edinburgh City can get back to winning ways against Cowdenbeath away from home. Cowdenbeath, the crisis club. Johnny, I believe they could be the first club in living memory ever to get relegated three times in a row. Yeah, thanks to a bit of Twitter, Twitter research, we found out that I think the only other team to get relegated it's Northampton, it was Northampton. Three years out of four, they got relegated <laughs> in the sixties. Come Cowden, on, Cowdenbeath, go and make history, lads. In the UK, they've never been the team relegated three years in succession. So, mm. I mean, that is a little thing they can take with them in, down into the Lowland League. Fantastic, <laughs> um, right, guys. We're going to we're being chucked out of the studio, apparently, guys. So we're going to take a wee um, breather and then we're going to return because we, we are. What are you saying? Do they even know who we are? Uh, well, apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. Um, going to have to make way for guitar 
podcast or something like that uh, <laughs> and we'll, we'll return uh, later on because we've still got some juicy stuff to get into we've got lots of questions from you and we've also got a Scotland team of the future we'll speak to you in a wee minute yes we are back we've been shunted into another studio Connor Park is now standing he's doing squats <laughs> for some reason what's going on Connor? daily exercise <laughs> when did you last do daily exercise it wasn't yesterday you're new me Roscoe <laughs> Roscoe right that's a strike that's a strike you are staying standing mate um, yeah so we're going to we're going to chat first of all um, we've kept this kind of under wraps but we've got our, our Scotland 2022 team um, first of all when we're talking about Scotland we might as well touch on the expansion of the FIFA World Cup Johnny you're a guy who likes his football mm. what do you make of this expansion um, I'm not totally against having 48 teams in a World Cup however I'm totally against the group stages being three teams of 16 I just don't I think it saps all sort of entertainment value is totally gone how, how does it work two two matches or do you play each team twice you play each team once so each once two so matches. there's two matches in a group stage it just it just doesn't work for me um, it would probably even be better going 48 teams um some sort of seeded knockout and then into the Euros format and that format was hardly perfect so it just sums it up when you'd be going from you'd be better going from some sort of seeded thing into that rather than this CD. yeah <laughs> it just I suppose when it gets it rent down to the round of 32 it's then just sort of like the Europa League format all the way through isn't it it's just knockout all the way through it's, it's interesting because to win the tournament you still have to play same games um, the same amount of games which was mm. voted for by, by the top teams so it is it's not as if you're playing any more games in that mm. way obviously the group stage is now two matches compared to three it just are they just are they trying to ruin football mm. it's, a, it's a less attractive prospect even for a team like Scotland to qualify for the tournament and then Obviously, there's more chance of Scotland probably. There's only three places, aren't there? Three extra places, yeah. But we get a group with. I'm trying not to even be disrespectful Bikino to nations, Faso. but even say Burkina Faso and Scotland are in the same group, it's not good for them. It's not good for us. Mm. Well, One I, of us are out. I saw someone, um, someone actually put up the mock thing according to the rankings at the moment. The teams and the, the qualification mm. places in Haiti were in it. Really, Haiti. <laughs> I probably hate, they probably I give us that. a good game. To be honest, now. I hate that. Yeah, is that? A <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but we have to grow the game in Haiti, obviously. I mean, right. Haiti is just a massive footballing country, then you know, so much potential. Well, in Haiti, known for an earthquake, aren't they? So. Mm. Can can I, I well, what else is Haiti known for? I'm saying this. A mental statement that uh, this is all about the money. Mm. Yeah, I think you might be right on that one. I'm so sorry, I know I decided harsh about Haiti, but what generally what else is Haiti known for other than that bad earthquake? Um, yeah, exactly. I don't know. They've got that the Concacaf. Is that how you say it? Concacaf. Concacaf is a uh, six teams in the final group stage, and I think Haiti normally make it, but they never really. And ha four out of the six teams go through as it stands. So I think it must be like be how Panama, how would Panama, that even maybe. work? It would just be six out of six. Yeah, Panama are in it just now. So it's just all the qualifiers are messed up as well. So as it stands, European qualifiers work perfectly. Mm-hmm. So is it every group stage apart from like the two weakest teams or something go through top two? From and is, every it, is it not six out of ten South America as well? Yeah, which is it's just just chuck every South American team in basically, yeah. apart from maybe Peru and Venezuela or something. Bolivia, Bolivia, yeah, because they got deducted points or something. They have. They're, they're just trying to ruin football. There's nothing wrong with the World Cup format, and it's mm. it's honestly, man, like three teams in a group. It's just. 
stupid. It's not going to work. You've mm. immediately got an advantage for the team that plays or the two teams that play the last game because they know what they need, which is straight away an advantage. You've got the opportunity, and I've seen they're talking about going to penalty kicks if it's a draw. They've obviously been been looking at this season's Iron Brew Cup for their inspiration <laughs> there. Um, but I mean, Jerry McCulloch actually made a good point. I know um, <laughs> that. Uh, there's an interesting precedent that could happen and I'm not going to go right into it it was on I think Wednesday's super scoreboard if you want to troll through that um, to, to find no. it he basically made the point that the, the basic point was you could end up in a scenario where it benefits you to lose the match because you'll play an easier team in the next round and you could have teams deliberately missing penalty kicks yeah and then you also have like think about like, what countries are going to be capable of hosting a 48 team World Cup Mm. You know, you, you you already limit that by quite a significant you know margin. I think like is not is not talk of them making it. I heard something saying they were going to make it four. Nah, set. that's the Olympics. Are they okay? I'm having <laughs> an absolute <laughs> nightmare today. I may as well just give up. There'll be the there'll probably be fewer game, not fewer games. There'll probably be similar amount of games when you're thinking about it because the group stages have gone from there are, more six games, games to three. Mm. More camps, though. More yeah. teams will have why, have their base. Why? Why try and fiddle with something that isn't broken? You know what I mean? Just, yeah, that's the end. Just let it be the way it is. If you are gonna fiddle with it, but you know, as Johnny says, there's better formats. You know, having three teams in a group is yeah. ridiculous. Like. <laughs> Connor Park, what's your views on on world football? Our views on world football. Yes, uh, that's why I asked you. Your yes. views on world football. Hold on, I'm not gonna go into all that, but no, I think I've actually, in truth not had the chance to, to look um, properly into any of this um, it's easy to say anything that benefits your own national team you know you go for but I don't think you know as I say I've not seen enough of it but it just seems to me just now that a lot of decisions right across world football are, are being made and it shouldn't be so easy for Fans, the minute anything like this comes out, you know, pick such massive loopholes in it. Mm. Um, I mean, I think the first thing I heard about it was people complaining about it. So that didn't tell its own story. I mean, do we consult the fans on this sort of thing? Is there a reason to say that? Because there's, we've all, there's people that have always got more time to think through a lot of stuff in their spare time, but it just. A lot of it just seems a wee bit uh, irrational and unlogical to me. And, but hey, who am I to, to judge? The the point I would make is that, and I, I, like Connor, I've, I've not actually read too much about it. I read about it before. I, I knew it was going to happen, but I haven't read any opinion pieces on it. Um, obviously, I've got my own opinions, which I'm about to put across. But this group stage that they're putting in, is it's almost like another intercontinental qualifier and I know yeah, all the best I, teams are yeah. in it but for Scotland is getting to that an achievement or is it still trying I to get into a, the last 32 in the point. world it's a very good point because it is almost like it's like a final round of qualifying mm. isn't it it's like I don't, I don't know exactly what it's like, it's like mm. I suppose Aye, it's, it's like, like X factor it's still seeded as well mm. like obviously it's not after in the round of 32 it's seeded on based on performance in the tournament so I is it any better for Scotland missing out on, say if we lost in the playoff for the World Cup, is that the same as losing in a group stage to 
I don't know who would we have in a group stage Burkina Faso and Spain or the something only, would it be Spain the it? only difference is no. it'll give the Tartan army a trip away yeah. and it'll feel mm. like it will feel like we are at I suppose in a way a kind of major tournament um, there's only three extra places though that, that's yeah. The yeah no I know, I know. concerning Scotland because we we can't qualify from Africa obviously we can only qualify from Europe and there's only three extra places and those three places at the moment when you think about it aren't going to be going to us they're going to be going to nations that are actually close to qualifying mm. so it's I don't think it changes anything to be honest um, in terms of us qualifying I think gives us obviously gives us a slightly better chance because there's more places but I think we need to um, we need to we always know we need to improve which brings us on to our, our very good point yeah. it's uh, the 2022 <coughs> World Cup which is in Qatar is that right? Yeah. yeah that's right Yeah, we will be there of course um, we know already we have qualified. The last ever 32 team World Cup. Yeah, we have qualified for that. Well done um, to the manager and the boys. Um, and you guys have, have named your starting 11s for, for the opening game of that World Cup against Senegal. Senegal. Yeah, of course, Senegal. Uh, Burkina yeah. Faso, I think it is actually. Oh, is it Burkina Faso? Yeah. Um, so, guys, you can run through. You're your looking into your crystal ball and predicting your. We your go through Scotland positions lineups. and see if we agree. Yeah, well, mm. you, you start us off a keeper yeah. then. Uh, I've went Jack Hamilton as, as goalkeeper. Jack, Ham- <laughs> Jack Hamilton would be 27. Uh, but I've went with David Marshall, who'd be 37. <laughs> uh, but, of course, 37, still not that old for a goal. Well, that is old for a goalkeeper, but it's, you know, yeah, exactly. And uh, keepers are. Keepers can still be in, in their prime, in their peak, even when they're, you know, past their 40s or whatever. Let's look at uh, Brad Friedel. So there you go. Brad <laughs> Friedel still kicking the ball. Bradfield will be 60 by the time this thing starts. <laughs> Johnny? Oh, I've gone for uh, Hamilton as well. Your voice breaking then, Johnny? Yeah, I think so. Again. <laughs> yeah, I went for, for Jack Hamilton too. Hi everyone, I am still here. I know I've not said much. Uh, mine was kind of... Uh, I'll go... It was either Hamilton or Scott Bain. I'll say I'll go for Scott Bain to start. Contrarian. Fisher. <laughs> um... I don't know, I think I can see your, your logic yeah. was because it's. Um, we, we, I made the point earlier off here that uh, it's very easy to go straight with, oh, this new guy will be in, but sometimes it's the same old. I mean, who would have thought that like Darren Fletcher would still be, be kicking about the team? So I'm going to back you up. And I think, like, goalkeepers as well, it's like, fair enough, other positions, if the guy's 37, then what likelihood is he's not going to be still playing, but, you know, he's a goalkeeper, it's not that. That old really so like yeah I, I, I'd, be, I'd be quite surprised really if somebody took the mantle Marshall for me yeah for the Scotland under 21 keeper at the minute is Robbie McCrory that plays with Rangers so mm. it could there's a that no one's mentioned as well how, how often does a under 21 Scotland goalkeeper become the the actual Scotland goalkeeper though you know uh, well, the Marshall not play for the, 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 the only problem yeah. sorry Corinne you come yeah I will um, the, the only problem <laughs> is that um the under 21s as it stands, it's interesting because uh, I looked at 21s too at the moment, but you really, I think, you need to go back two or th- two or three, maybe a year or so, um, to actually see the ones that at 2022 might have a chance at getting in because I don't know if you know, but they've pushed through the, the latest kind of batch earlier, so I think that might be a bit early for the crop that we have just now. Just make it another 21s. Richt back, I think. Well, I went with Callum Patterson. He would be 27 years old. And I think the only reason I went with Patterson is 
don't know anyone else really that's coming through. I think Callum Parsons' injury away back in 2017. Of course, yeah. Um, which career ended his career sadly. Yeah. Um, resulted in Scotland looking for another right back, and I think they found that right back in the the boy that plays with down south. Donald, 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 Love. Donald Love is the, the Scotland right back. Um, I'll I'll go with Callum Parsons as well, just because I haven't seen Donald Love play. I think you you saw him in an under 21s game. Love to look him. <laughs> Oh. Um, but I would say just because there isn't really anybody else out there at the minute, I'd probably I, say. I Cam think Patterson. as well though, like Patterson's actually in the teams now, so there's likelihood as you know, we've not really yeah. got any other right backs coming through as you said. So you know, I, I don't see anyone really coming up, and hmm. you know, Donald Love, um, like I admire you going for him, but like he's one. We do it all the time. There's always players that kind of maybe look good, but you know, have a lot of potential. Aye. Have a, a big team got, um, I think the big moment you know, in Donald Love's kind of. Progression was Alan Hutton coming back from international retirement after, true, uh, after the injury yeah. too. Callum Patterson Hutton stepped up. <laughs> he was good for about two years. Helped us qualify for twenty eighteen, yeah. um, and then uh, and then he he moved off, and um, Donald Love came in, and since then he's not yeah. looked back. He's been brilliant, Donald Love. Yeah, um, there's also uh, Jack Grimmer as well, who's down south. He's at Fulham on loan at Shrewsbury. He's meant to be have held with TV. I think he's placed. Yeah, well, he was 21 when we were looking at this a few years back, so... 26. 26, something oh. like that. No. Well, wait, I don't know, because Hamish should put us in the future, and Lewis has put us in <laughs> the <laughs> past. Anyway, it's such a four in here. Backs. I've not heard Johnny's right back. Uh, uh, Patterson right was my right back. Patterson as well. Connor. Callum Patterson. Right, so Patterson seems to be... Right, centre-backs, after Gordon Greer, sadly, hung up his boots last year <laughs> in the 20, 2021... <laughs> Um, John Souter and Grant Hanley still still, still kick, kicking the ball, kicking the ball, <laughs> still kicking the ball. <laughs> he's still in there although I maybe see Liam Lindsay really really impressive mm. since his loan move to Celta Vigo from Patrick <laughs> Thistle so mm. um, yeah I'd maybe have Liam Lindsay in there Grant Hanley would be 30 years old um, so if you think, you think he's bad now <laughs> wait until he's uh, <laughs> wait till 75 wait till he loses that pace <laughs> 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 Grant Hanley I mean if we are still with Grant Hanley in five years' time, I said it earlier, I won't be here. Fair I'll enough. be away. Well, Grant Hanley, I'm, I'm afraid uh, Grant Hanley is in the, in the squad. He's in my squad anyway, the correct squad, uh, alongside another 30-year-old, uh, Stephen Colker. <laughs> Explain this one. Englishman Stephen Colker. Well, of course, uh, played for England in a friendly, so that doesn't actually count. So when, of course, uh, Graham Alexander uh, takes over Scotland, he'll think, why have we not... Uh, why have we not... Uh, <laughs> why have we not... Graham uh, Alexander? Yes. Uh, why have we not uh, thought yeah, about uh, bringing this... Uh, Glorious centre back into our team, uh, and he will f- f- run him up. And of course, he's got a good relationship with uh, Stephen Calker. Get my Calker. God, uh, he'll be in the squad. So, aye, he'll only be thirty. So, and uh, you have to go one outside one, don't you? Like, you have really. to go an absolute <laughs> mental shout. So that's Fair my enough. mental shout. Fair play, corner. You're dancing away. I am indeed. Uh, my two centre backs are John Suter and Peter Grant. Peter Grant is someone I, th- I thought, but how's he been recently? Though? Times like this, I wish we could do a video podcast just to see Connor. The way he kind of sambled there and went, Peter Grant. Why Why Peter Grant? Well, I think... Um, and, and oh, no, you're going to go into no, 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 this is the truth. If, if, if he hadn't picked up cruciate injury, which he did last season... Mm, twice. Um, 
2019 as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you hadn't picked up last season, which is 2016, by the way, um, I don't think he would be um, with Falkirk currently and give back down south, playing at a a much higher level. He's come back, he's looked good. Um, He's a natural-born leader. Um, He's got a presence on the park. Can tackle Heather. It's something that you need a lot, a lot of passion in them, and I would be very, very surprised if for the rest of his career he isn't called up to Scotland. Mm. I think he's a class act. I think oh, he, yeah. I've said it before. He's a kind of the word I use. I've used it for rugged. He's like he just def- he defends first and foremost. He's, he is a defender who likes to defend. You can see he loves to defend. He, he can tackle well. Um, he reads the game well. I certainly think he's he's got a future. He's not in my team, but I think he's got a future. See, uh, just kind of on the Falkirk. Please stop dancing because it's putting me off. Um, when we're talking about Falkirk, what's uh, well, hopefully, um, he plays down Murray Wallace. He's a centre half that plays down south as well. I mean, he yeah, yeah, yeah. he had a splendid twenty twenty campaign uh, and moved to Man United. Uh, but as we're now in the past again, I'm really confused here. Um, what do you think his chances are of potentially well, progressing? It was interesting when I was picking this team. It was one that came to my mind um, because just now he is. Uh, no, no, no. He's at Scunthorpe just now. But home um, of uh, Graham Alexander. He's at a team that he will move. Are doing Vikings. <laughs> he's at a team that are doing very, very well. He's uh, played the most minutes this season in the whole of English football league. It's 2016, 17. Um, to bring it back. What 2016 minutes? No, I don't know. It's not. It's a lot more than that now. Um, but he has played a number of. Matches a season, just and I'm just trying to check. I'm sure if I'm right, they're on the wrong course to go to get promoted this year. Hmm. Um, yeah, they, 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 they get their successive promotions in two years, and then Alexander obviously takes the Scotland job after his fine performances. But no, but if you think about it though, he's a, a, a centre half who's playing consistently every week, doing very, very well, getting very rave reviews. At a team that look fairly likely that could be going back to the championship next season. Um, so he's youthful still and I think he is another one that if we're talking in real life sense in the next couple of years actually mm. might come into consideration for the Scotland squad Yeah, I'm going to move it on I'm going to go with um, the easy choice Liam Lindsay and uh, John Suter John Suter thank you um, left back is going to be Tierney anyone who says it isn't going to be Tierney needs it's a fool yeah. well I'll just speak the corner then quickly but I'll defend him before he defends himself here. See, to be fair, he's gonna say he's gonna say Stephen Kingsley, who's already playing in a better league at the moment. Ex Falkirk is the reason he's saying it. No, but I mean, he's still playing in the Premier League in England. Yeah, but he's not a better player than Tierney. Well, I'm not saying he's a better player, but he's playing in a better league. Um, Especially right, okay. Tierney's a captain of Celtic now. And, you know, Joey Barton's playing in a better league than Moussa Dembele. Uh-huh. Aye, but what I'm saying to <laughs> you is, is no, that's not a true comparison. That's a bit silly. That is silly. Joey Bam's retired now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> when is this ending? He's a uh, he's doing the advert now for the the new bookies. It's just so <laughs> but betting has moved on. To be fair, I mean, it would be a nice choice to have because I mean, how old Andy Robertson? How old was Andy Robertson in 2017? 25, 30 odd, I think. No, Andy Robertson would be 27. And Right, so at that point, it would be nice to have the option of Robertson, Tierney and, and Kingsley as well, who, if Kingsley's already playing at a decent level, all right, Swansea are pretty hoaching at the minute, but he's still playing at a decent level. Mm. By all accounts, he's actually he's doing all right as well. So, hey, but we're, we're blessed for left-backs. Course, um, yes. I think Tierney anyway. Um, 
don't really care what you I think. Think Connor. Well, by the way, I'm just um, oh. We'll move on to midfield. Um, what have, what are we doing with the formation? Just I've to... done four two three one. So. Oh come on! I've done four four two. Good old, on, old four fashioned. three three. Who's your midfield, Johnny? Give us all all the names. Uh, Armstrong, Shinny, and McGinn. What McGinn? Uh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> not Niall McGinn because he's Northern Irish. John so. McGinn. Yes, John McGinn. What Shinny? Um, uh, obviously Andrew Shinny. I actually thought you meant Graham. Yes, of course Graham Shinny. Um, I don't know if you want the wingers as well here, I'm or you just want them. Yes, Graham Shinny playing in the, the midfield, Aberdeen, and John on. McGinn, and uh, that be Stuart Armstrong as well, guys. Not Alexander Armstrong or whatever your <laughs> power is going to be next. Lance. Uh, <laughs> Lance. And the uh, two wingers are Burke and Mackay. Burke's still there after he, he lost his leg when Trump nuked oh, Germany. Oh, come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> so, uh, Barry Mackay. Yeah. Wait, you just want me to talk about Barry Mackay? Please, yeah. Um, what to him over the, the five years? <laughs> well, he started off with a pretty impressive top, top game against uh, Celtic in the old firm. Neither, well... I was going to say the other day, but I don't actually know what we're going, what's, what, what sort of day we're in here, but played quite well, so I think he'll kick on from there. Um, I, do see, I do see a bright future for him. I was considering other options. I can't actually remember my other options now. Um, Cadden, did you mention? Nah, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, when you go loose. Yeah, well, he's on. What, are you finished, Johnny, or do you want me to? No, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, uh, Cadden is, of course, uh, in my squad as the midfield general. Uh, 25-year-old he would be, alongside uh, Jay Fulton, mm. who'd be 27. Uh, and I've got a kind of midfield three above that. <laughs> right wing, uh, Burke. Of a Burke, obviously. 24-year-old wasn't nuked, because that's not didn't happen for us. <laughs> um, Narrow miss. Uh, left, <laughs> left wing, uh, left for Andy Robertson. Uh, who'd be 27 or, uh, I think he'll move up in his career if I'm honest uh, in terms of positioning uh, yeah, and I went for that. a really kind of mental uh, choice here the team is going to be mid. so far off I think Greg Doherty 25 year old and my reason behind that is because I, I kind of looked back at the teams and like there's players who you think oh he would never have made it but he did and Greg Dockett is a guy that's kind of on the radar now and hmm. he's going to go down south and win the championship he's going to be amazing he's going to make a move to Premier League quite side and he's going to get in the Scotland squad awesome mm. yep. Pep Kemp there changing Style. players positions and styles and of course I think yes. uh, your midfield will be I think on the right hand side you'll have Oliver Burke I think um, in the mid centre midfield you'll have um, James MacArthur don't know what age he'll be but he'll be getting be on I still think he'll be there. He's not twenty nine. I, I think he'll be next to Stuart Armstrong, and I think on the left will be Ryan Christie. I've went with I've got Barry Mackay in there again after his brilliant move down south to a top ten Premier League team. Um, I've went with Billy Gilmer as well, somebody who I saw back in twenty sixteen seventeen, um, playing for Rangers youth sides and excellent, really good in the ball, really composed. Um, so I think he'll go far. Uh, I went with John McGinn as well um, again in our solid midfielder and Stuart Armstrong I think will be the key man for Scotland in this mm. this campaign um, I'll, I'll go with a three in the middle I think I actually think throughout um, as his career progresses Barry McKay will become less of a winger and probably more of a 
a kind of central, not central midfielder, but maybe a more of a number ten role. Um, because I mean, he's already going that way just now. A wee bit at Rangers when he's played through the middle, I think he actually has his, his better games. So I think he'll be in there. I think then it will just be anyone a number of Fulton, Armstrong, some of the other names I've already been mentioned. Um, one thing I would like to see, obviously, was all those years ago now when Rangers were in the lower divisions, um, Lewis McLeod, all right, he wasn't playing against the the, the cream of the crop, if you like. Um, he's had some horrific injury problems since he's been at Brentford, but I genuinely think I I I know how biased I am in terms of Rangers players and things like that, but I really do think Lewis McLeod. Um, if he can stay injury free and maybe try and kick on down south, it's it's um, a bit out of the blue at the minute because of his injury problems. But I think there's a player in there. I'm not saying that he, he would be an immediate starter or anything like that, but I think there is a potential really good central midfielder in there. Is so he's, is he still at Brent? Is he Brentford? Aye, um, he's he's been injured. I think he's had two really nasty knee injuries. I think it's been um, since he's been there. He's just had absolutely no luck at all. But yeah. hopefully he can get fit and he could be an option for Scotland in there as well. Yeah. Um, have Connor. been going through all the midfields or do you want to go Connor? No, you're not going to go Burke uh, Armstrong and Mackay were the three that I was pretty certain about um, and then I've got McGinn slash Fulton in midfield I'll probably go for Fulton just because I think that's a more natural position um, so Burke, Fulton, Armstrong and Mackay Fair enough. Um, my front two is uh, a striker and someone playing off him. I've got Ryan Gold uh, as my um, as my player. I think him coming back from Portugal um, when he did it just you kind of sometimes obviously got to write off when a deal's not working. And um, Ryan Gold coming back um, back to Scotland and, and playing football with the, the club Dundee United that he knew well. Um, I think that was um, that's what what made them obviously the only the loan deal and then he moved to England after that. But I think, as I say, you got it right off when a move doesn't work, uh, and I think uh, he he'll be brilliant for Scotland um, in the future. And uh, I think my striker, I'm tempted just to go the easy option and go for Lee Griffiths. I think Lee Griffiths will, will still be the striker. Obviously, you have folks shouting out Karamoko Dembele. Would be um, 18 years old. I after his falling out with the FA over school tuition fees, oh, I think um, I oh, think he could be he could be a, a shout for the the Scotland um, setup. But no, I think it will still be Lee Griffiths. I've went with um, Gold as well. I think Gold's actually quite a good shout. I wasn't really thinking about him before before I'd done this, but. Also went with uh, Griffiths as well. I think Jason Cummins when he moved to China for fifty five pounds, <laughs> fifty five pounds a minute. Um, we forgot to mention that China actually ruled the football yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, I think Jason Cummins didn't do himself any favours there, but living a very nice lifestyle, I heard. So. Cummings and Griffiths for me up front. See that any quieter? And you go, John. Uh, yeah, just Griffiths up front uh, for me. I think we I mentioned uh, Jack Harper earlier. I think we've got a move to Malaga. The other day, so you never know. He could, uh, he was meant to be the next big thing. Whereas at Real Madrid, did okay at Brighton, I think. So, who knows where he could be in, in five years' Do you think time? It's mental. He went from Real Madrid to Brighton. <laughs> I suppose it's. I don't know. We we've seen similar things. Martin Odegaard signed for Herenveen the other day on loan. I think. So. Did he? Yeah, he's a guy that's been. Those two have been talked about so much, and it's just. I must get to you at that at that age, and yeah. you'd rather must, be playing must football. Be the same. Well, that's one of the ones we know about. Like there must be every kind of Spanish mm. player that plays for Real Madrid or Barcelona. Maybe Barcelona to a lesser extent. Mm. But you look at the Real Madrid team, and there's not many players actually kind of come through that system. Um, mm. Are we all happy with our 2022 teams? I'd have Griffiths up front as well. Griffiths He'd be 31. I'll say. 
Cummins. Just interesting, interesting indeed. Um, we'll go on to some questions uh, then, guys. We've got a, a wealth of questions in from you, wonderful listeners, as we return to the year 2017. Um, we'll, we'll start right at the the very beginning. Don't know why Connor Park's just running about. He's, he's honestly he's been just been a strange guy uh, over over the last wee while. I was stopping um, the door from slamming. You're treating the podcast like a circus. Yep, very true. Um, we'll go for. Andrew, deep bone round two, uh, who's saying any opinions on Ross McNamara mocking the standard of League Two and saying that Edinburgh City will be promoted by next season. What do we know about this? Uh, I'm not, not sure. Very much, to be honest with you. I think Edinburgh City are probably not going to be promoted. So yeah, the way I looked at this, because we haven't really heard anything, so we're just trying to guess what's going on here. And I'm guessing that... Ross McNamara has said that Edinburgh City will be promoted and he's taken that as a mockery of the League 2 standard because he doesn't think Edinburgh City are very good. And I could be totally wrong. I probably am totally wrong, as usual. But, um, I, I think I haven't seen... I've seen Edinburgh twice this year and I think... I, I, see, I see them as a kind of middle-of-the-road kind of club in that league. But similar to Annan, to be honest with you. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon, to be honest with you. Which is probably what they take, to be honest, yeah, at the start of the season. It's a good either. season to be a yeah. middle-of-the-road team. I, I, don't, I can't see them getting promoted. Especially where they started as well. Yeah, I think they just need to consolidate and then possibly look further up the table over the next couple of years. Um, we've got Michael Donachy. He's asking, does the panel think Jason Cummins should stay at Hibs this transfer window or take the leap to England? So it's a weird one, isn't it? I think you were almost expecting him to go last summer, I think, um, and then Lennon came in, and Lennon didn't really. I don't. I still don't think Lennon really fancies him. Um, obviously, Cummings is a is a good talent. I think there's always going to be questions over his his attitude and off the pitch and that sort of thing. But it's just a an occurrence with Hib strikers. I think mm. most Hib strikers have that issue um, over the years, but. I think, personally, I'd rather see him move to, if Rangers came in from Madras, see him go to Rangers than go down south, um, because I think he's better, I think he'd be guaranteed first-team football at Rangers, um, he'd play games, he knows he'd how to score, score goals, goals. Yeah, right. exactly, he'd score goals, um, going down to England's always a, a massive risk, I think it, it fails for more people than it works out for, um, without doubt, um, so I'd, I'd like to see him stay in Scotland, personally. I think Jason Cummings should stay at Hibs this summer. If Hibs aren't promoted, then he goes. If Hibs are promoted, he does a season in the Premiership and then goes. I think if he's got the opportunity to prove himself at that level, he's as well doing it and making a success of it because I've got no doubt he can play it and score goals at Premiership level. But it gets him a greater move long term in terms of both money and club stature of where he's likely to move on to yeah fair point the snowman's back I have merry merry new year to the snowman <laughs> indeed um, why do the lower leagues not get a winter break it seems unfair Johnny you've been doing some research mm. into this yeah I think for a start the, there's two less games for all the lower leagues uh, and they're very likely to be on smaller cup runs you know like Celtic teams at the top of the Scottish Premiership are likely to go far in the Scottish Cup and the League Cup. But then, to counter that, obviously, you've got the uh, Iron Brew Cup, which all the lower league teams are in. Um, the pitches are normally going to be in worse condition if you're a lower league team, but I, I don't know. I 
we don't we don't really know. We're trying to figure out if it would be better for the lower leagues to have a winter break. I probably I would probably would be in favour of it. But I suppose the reason is that they do play less games, I think, over the course of a season. And you've got European football to factor into that as well. Um, the fact that teams at the top of the Scotland uh, will be playing European games. I know they've got, obviously, they miss out League Cup group stages, which is meant to aid them with that as well. But this could be further help. I think Celtic had to play two games a week or something, once every four days. Uh, nine days. And yeah, nine. so to get this sort of... Nine games, sorry. To to um, make sure that they got this winter break so I don't know if there's any lower league teams that would play that often because I, I do sort of agree with you as well I think it's probably quite a decent idea but um, I think maybe the reason why it hasn't happened is because you know the weather's okay now they can still play games and when there's an opportunity to play games and I don't think you can really turn that down especially as you never really know what's going to happen in February and March because mm. our weather's you know so unpredictable I mean we could whole March could just be wiped out in terms of fixtures and obviously that affects you know your league clubs a lot more than it does the other kind of top flight ones so um, I think that's maybe maybe it's just them they, they personally didn't want to do it mm. We had a bit of debate in the last podcast about the winter break and I I kind of quite like it, as yeah. painful as it is now, I think everyone comes back and they've, they've renewed optimism, it's almost in a way like the start of the season again and that folk think oh it might be better this time if you're a um, a Kelly fan or a uh, who's bottom of the league, Inverness fan or Hamilton fan, you're thinking this could be the time when we turn it around, if you're a, a Rangers fan you think, or an Aberdeen fan or even a Hearts fan you think second place now we can go and do this so I do quite like it, it's just tough at the moment when there's no football on on Saturdays, it's quite difficult. But but I quite like the fact that the you know, we, we we come back and it's the Scottish yeah, Cup as well. Yeah, I was going to make that exact point. I think, as I said in, in the last podcast, we're going to have a good debate about that when it comes to it. Gives it a better um, emphasis, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Russell Abercrombie, who had a lovely looking macaroni that I haven't been shutting up about uh, all day today. Macaroni with lobster in it. It looked absolutely amazing. From Morrison's as well, so could be dinner tonight, Ross, if you fancy it. Sounds sophisticated for a Paisley boy. Yeah. Tory macaroni, we'll call it. Russell Abercrombie, <laughs> um, he's going, not who do you think, who do you, capital letters as well, want to be relegated slash promoted. We'll deal with the relegation first. Get your hate mail ready, people at home, because someone's about to make you angry. Many points are Aberdeen on. <laughs> I'm going to go with Hamilton. I just don't like the Super Seal Stadium. I know you went and loved it and I really liked it. Lovely, the nicest grounds, club lovely, ever. lovely groundsman and all that, but nah, Hamilton don't do it for me. They don't they don't tickle my pickle, so no, I'm not going for I don't like Hamilton. It's not sorry, it's not I don't like them. It's just uh, I think they bring the least to the league. The two, that's a way look the two visits I've had to Super Seal Stadium this season have been really enjoyable. Um I don't know, I, I quite liked going to Party Tassel as well. Um any don't, more away I games you've been to? <laughs> I know. Uh, Great fan. Mr. Great Rangers. Mr. Union Bear. I quite like... Uh, I quite like him, but I don't know. Can Aberdeen get relegated? Aberdeen. I'll just say Aberdeen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, this is horrible. And I'm actually probably going to be jumped to my way home. Kelly. Um, I hope Kilmarnock go down. Because... <laughs> uh, oh dear. Because uh, I'll be proven right. And um, 
I, I think um, I'm, try, I'm trying to save myself here in a re- really well answered question, um, and I'm going to I'm going to say that if they go down, it will hopefully remove the poison from the club because they'll be forced to do that, and they will come back a stronger and a ah, fitter club to take part in our yes. top flight. I don't think they add anything to our league, um, re- really at the moment in terms of they're obviously they're a club with, with a lot of fans, and I do think they've got a lot of fans, but they're not getting those fans at the moment because of off the field issues. I think, and you saw it um, in many ways. Um, other clubs, the likes of Hearts, come to mind that when sometimes relegation can be the best thing for a club to restart. Or the worst thing, um, it's a I, I, I know, but I, I think Kelly would be different. I think Kelly are too big a club to be down in the second tier. Um, and I, for that reason, for their own good, I hope Kilmarnock are relegated. Mm. You've done well not to upset. We both Gallagher, justified right? that quite well, haven't we? we both as long as I've not upset Russell Abercrombie, that's <laughs> all that matters. I think. Um, or Russ, as I should say. Russ. Russ. <laughs> wow. Russ and his Tory uh, <laughs> I like I do like Hamilton and I, I think they in a way bring more than the other teams at the bottom to the to this league because they are so much smaller than everybody else uh, that's sort of their unique selling point I think so I do like them I'm sort of thinking of three teams Partick, Kilmarnock and Dundee but I want to go for a team because I'm, I'm not just thinking about the top flight I'm thinking what would make maybe a more exciting championship as well and Dundee I've been in the championship recently as of Partick and I think Kilmarnock are the the ones that haven't really been there. It would bring back the Ayrshire Derby, which when was the last time that was played in in league football? So from actual... Robert Burns was there that night. (laughs) From actual point of view of having games to go to in Ayrshire, I think that would bring back the Derby. And like you say, everything about Kilmarnock, it would rejuvenate the fan base, I think, a little bit if Michael Johnson did leave the club. Um... I don't think there's not a club that I dislike more than any other. I I, no. I could maybe go down the route of saying Dundee because I said they would get relegated. Uh, I want Inverness and Ross County to stay up because they're my Highland team. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go with Kilmarnock. Um, for me, it's Hamilton. Um, you hate I Hamilton. Think, no, if you no. Guys, if you guys had been there, that day, <laughs> I don't, no, I don't. I just put in it words how nice they were. I just think you know they are. I don't. I, I don't hate anybody in in the top flight. I really don't. Just Hibs. Um, so, so, um, I they're just they're the, You've the smallest for about club. You've they're the smallest club. <laughs> the, the smallest club. I don't think they bring as much to the league, um, and that's basically. It. I just think that if I had to pick a team, it would be. Hamilton. I'll tell you what they do bring, right? See the pie stalls, they've got the best looking oh. no, they've got the best looking girls that sell pies of any football ground I've ever been to in my life. It's not CD, it's a compliment. I mean, well, would you, I we mean, don't deal with females on that podcast. <laughs> I won't get a bad rep, right? Because of that football programme with that last one. Oh, Lewis knows. Snapchat, right? I just wanted to say that the girls that served me my pie at Hamilton. <laughs> what are they doing keeping a darling with like you in here morning, moon and night? Well, lovely. So Lewis, vent your, your animosity yeah, every yeah. team. Yeah, pretty well. I'm actually going to pick two teams, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to pick um, Hamilton. Um, now, I was also present when we went oh. there. Oh. So that's a bit controversial. But, I, I mean, they were, they were lovely and it was a great day and they were welcome. Stabbing Martin Cannon in the back. I am, so, sort of. Um, but, You'll turn. Um, just... Brogan, really. That's all I can say. Um, I'm not a fan of their 
fans. That's why I counterbalanced <laughs> it with my point about the pie stalkers. But, so you, but want, also, you want to relegate a club because of one girl? Yeah. <laughs> no, um, mostly just to, again, to feed my own ego because I said I won't go down at the bottom. Yeah. Of the, oh, I said I'd be at the bottom at the start of the season. And I've actually said to be at the bottom of the last couple of seasons as well. So I've got to be right some sometime um, other team I'm putting down is Dundee um, also because I to feed my ego somewhat but just because I said they'd be 11th but also because I want to see Dundee Dundee United in the playoffs are they also not blocked you on Twitter? no not me no, no it's Matt and Johnny Matt and Johnny yeah. Do you know what? You're that's actually a decent reason is that why you're going with Dundee? yeah I, I'm actually going to add because I, I forgot I want, I want didn't, well I want Falkirk back up but I'd quite like to see as a good point you made there Lewis the Dundee Derby I don't even care who wins if that's the playoff yeah, but, but, but I'm, I'm exactly I, the same I don't care who wins yeah. but I just want to see it well actually I, I don't know I say I don't care probably rather <laughs> Dundee United won actually hmm. Um yeah, because Dundee blocks me on Twitter. They don't. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know how it's to use the. They don't know how to use John Hartson's an exclusive list of football. <laughs> John Joe Clark. John Hartson. Are you blocked by Dundee though? No, I think I'm blocked by Aberdeen though. Mm. At least John Hartson knows how to use Twitter. <laughs> um, Russ Abercrombie back with another question as well. Never said we wanted to come up. Ones. I don't care if that's nice, isn't it? Promotion. We're not nice. Oh, but we, I, well, we just want to be horrible. Hibs. I want. I want Hibs back up. Just. Bring on the hatred for four games a year. To be honest, oh, I want to see the ball again. <laughs> You're being a really d- never move on. <laughs> Russell Abercrombie, choose one ex-player of each club to bring back this January to help them until the end of the season. Will we will we run through all these clubs? Then we had a wee debate earlier, and we've kind of made it. We've not come up with any actual rules, but we've made it kind of realistic, realistic-ish. Nah. But probably still wouldn't happen. Will we yeah. chuck, chuck a club a, out straight a, away? A Aberdeen, and I think it's like the most obvious one because this is something some player that they, they need in some like position they are really struggling in, and that's Carrie Arneson. Like, I think I, Aberdeen, if they had him, it's that kind of steel in midfield have been lacking. You know, they've been losing a lot of the midfield battles against the better teams in the league this year, uh, and also can play centre back as well. So there's a another thing, very versatile, uh, and I think. Yeah, if we can get him, mm-hmm. go ahead. I think we had Russell Anderson mentioned earlier. Yeah, I think he was mentioned, yeah. Seen him got a role with the club now, actually. Seen him like uh, some sort of uh, director. Like Nobody really cares. Anyway, um, <laughs> like sorry, cares. sorry, other Russ, if you're listening. Uh, Hamilton, I, I think Tony Andrew would be a welcomed <laughs> addition Tony back Andrew? at... Tony Andrew, yes. James McCarthy, probably quite a welcome addition yeah, as well. Realistic. I can't, I can't quite realistic. see Hamilton breaking the bank no. to bring McCarthy in for no. Everton. Maybe if they sell off their AstroTurf. Sell off their AstroTurf. No, Tony Andrew, definitely. I think that's a good shout. I think, I think, I think, I, I think that could happen. They need, they need goals. They need goals. He's playing for Norwich under 23, isn't he? No, is he? Did he in I think is it Dundee, right? Is it Dundee? No, he's at Dundee. <laughs> is it right? I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking at the start of the season. I don't know how I completely yeah. forgot. Um, okay, it, honestly. Right. Bad I'll, moment. I would argue Hamilton need goals, so Nigel Hasselbank, obviously. <laughs> show the, the show the shoe in. Pie Show Twins, as uh, Puff said earlier. Oh, That's I two folk, though. Mind it. One signing. Yeah. They're the one person, though. Yeah, they are the same guy. Partick Thistle. This was we had uh, Kelly Cow, I think, mentioned. Oh, Archibald. Is it Aaron Taylor Sinclair? The left back, uh, Ian Maxwell. <laughs> Wait, did he actually play for Thistle? What? That's an atrocious bit of part. <laughs> no, no, that's a serious <laughs> question. Puff, did Ian Maxwell play for Thistle? Did he? Right, so there we go. Ian Maxwell, solid, solid centre back. 
Ian Maxwell. Struggling a bit for party. Yeah, we really are, clearly. Jerry <laughs> Brown. Scorer. I think someone made, Derek White. someone made the point earlier and it was Lyle Taylor, which is maybe an alright uh, shout. Um, it was Connor Park. Armand uh, one. Park Castle need a new hero. They don't need old ones. Kenny Arthur. A new, a new goal-scoring hero. So uh, we're not giving Party oh, Thistle a player because they need to create their own heroes. They can't rely on ones from yesteryear. Um, Motherwell. I think I, I heard like Michael Higdon, Pearson, and Jamie Murphy. mentioned. Jamie Murphy's probably Jamie a good Murphy. one because yeah, yeah. <coughs> they could probably defenders. do if they've got Cadden on the right hand side. They could probably do a left hand yeah. side player. I don't think. I mean, you heard like Higdon, but I think Moult is good enough. Uh. Uh, I think Moult will score probably as many goals as Higdon would in the top flight at his peak. So I think Jamie Murphy's probably the obvious yeah. one. He's the one they've sold on for the most money over the, the last period he, of the time. Sheffield United. I yeah. don't know if he's still there, is he? Well, he was last time I checked, but well, four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jamie Murphy to Bonky. Motherwell, uh, another club running out. Hearts. Hearts. Uh, Rudy Scatchell came out of mind just to wind up Hibs fans. Uh, That'd be a good laugh. Who else? Hearts need most now. They could do a goal scorer. What about Roman Bednar or something like that? <laughs> uh, who else? Jan Kaufkis. They've never really had a clinical striker that I can remember in recent times. Stevie Crawford. Stephen Presley would be good at the back. Jan Kaufkis was a lot of eight, wasn't he? He was a lot of I still can't believe he played at a World Cup. I think I think Presley um, would, would kind of nurture the Rickerton trio I think he would nurture John Souter I think him and Presley playing together could be quite good um, I think Craig Gordon would be a Is good it not keeper a well established fact that like, nobody likes Stephen Presley in football is that not a thing Connor Park loves him no I know I, 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 just people that like within the dressing room and that that played with him come just on don't up. like him come on up Eremenko Eremenko They lack creativity Big time Come on I think I put Eremenko Brilliant Craig Bryson's Another good shout I think The other one That Kelly Carl mentioned Was Piscali For a bit of of Leadership at the back And that kind of stuff So Who's he playing now Italy somewhere He went Italy second tier I think I think Eremenko And Piscali Would probably both Come back Where's Eremenko Russia or something you're like, asking a question I don't know the answer It was his brother That was banned for two years For Romance Taking yeah, um, Celtic. You just don't need anybody else, really. We'll not give Celtic a player then. I was going to say someone like I think Wan Yama. Nakamura. Aye, Wan Yama. Just for it. We've not really got a clinical. He wouldn't, he wouldn't suit the Brendan Rodgers way of playing okay. Nakamura okay. at all, unless he was playing centrally. But I think Tom. Did you know a tweet last night saying how much you missed him? I didn't say I want Nakamura back in my team. <laughs> Thirty-eight-year-old Nakamura. Thirty-eight. As well, like that. <laughs> this is under peak though. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, who else? St Johnson. St Johnson. Dennis White. Oh, Which oh, might actually happen. Yeah, there's talk. I think they're one of four clubs looking at Michael O'Halloran. He'd give them a bit of pace. Dave um, McKay. That's that's one I thought of. That's one I thought of because they've Colin Samuel experience like that. <laughs> Michael Dubery. Jason Scotland. Just for that story, Ross. Oh, tell, tell, tell us about your story. Oh, oh right, Michael Dubery story. Gather round, children. Um, Michael Scott Michael Dubery at Simon. Was it Simon Park or Love Street? <laughs> I can't remember. It's not really important. But anyway, um, yeah, last game of the season, um, we had drawn nil nil with St Johnston. It was absolutely atrocious. I've never seen a worse game of football yet. Um, I think the highlight was Craig Dargle probably putting one wide. Um, but other than that, awful. Um, yes, Michael Dubry, this was his last game and he was given a standing ovation from St Murn fans. <laughs> Unbelievably. I don't quite know 
the link between St Mern and an ex Chelsea St Johnson man and Michael Dubry, but he was warmly, warmly applauded off the warmly, by yeah, by, <laughs> yeah, the last person to ever be applauded at St Mern um, was Michael Dubry. So yes, mm. I hope you're enjoying your retirement, Michael. And, and that includes the home team. Yeah, they don't clap anyone. Your fans are no. a boo. fickle bunch. Mm. Um, I just say boo quite a lot. It's probably the, the first word a lot of Paisley folks say is boo. Only um, Halloween. Rangers. Who are we giving Rangers? <laughs> See, I, well, I, if we were talking realistically, I said that could happen would be Lafferty coming back because I mean, from March to about May is about the only time he bothers to turn up for his club anyway. Uh, which it was, is, no, the question is an ex-player of each club. Right, that's. <laughs> I've got another story about uh, Kyle Lafferty, oh, if, you want, if you want to hear it. Right. <laughs> I was down seeing Man United against Norwich uh, last season, I think it was, when Lafferty was still still on the books at Norwich. and He was a substitute that day. Uh, Norwich actually won 2-1, Cameron Jerome scored a double. I just need to let you know my bad luck when it comes to watching United. Um, Lafferty afterwards went to a pub, a Man United pub, kind of, you know, usual guys, skinheads, bucket hats everywhere. And, um, it would have looked, fit right in. Yeah, I looked, I looked in the corner and they are sitting in his Norwich tracksuit is Kyle Lafferty with one murky looking pint surrounded by a few of his a few of his Norwich pals. So, yeah, interesting. That's how Kyle Lafferty celebrates a mm. 2-1 victory over Manchester United. That story really enhanced my life. That's I think there's two areas. I think a goal scorer and a centre-back. I wondered for a, for a centre-back and Carlos Quayle is probably the kind of obvious one. Or even Bocanegra or something like I that. I think Selig. In, in terms of, in context of the season, I think defensively we're all right. I think the midfield is a big problem, which obviously, um, and like the tried to sort already in this window but so I'd probably say wait see somebody we really miss that can just kind of can dictate the game and can Fanny Bergeson <laughs> I was going to say Stephen Davis but yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously mm. that that's not very realistic but Davis or and a kind of realistic one would be Lafferty probably <sighs> other clubs have not touched on this is where you Dundee. struggle Ross County never uh, you always forget the Highland clubs go, go for Dundee first it's obvious isn't it what one are you picking though I'd say Hemmings. Hemmings. Hemmings the goals are probably the yeah. reason you go for Hemmings. Um Doing quite well down south, I think. Johnny, I'll let you take centre stage for your, your two clubs. Are we going for Ross County and Inverness? Yeah. Uh, well, I had a couple for like Ross County, like maybe Richie Britton or something like that. But the it's obvious, but or Jackson Irvin. Jackson Irvin, yeah. Ivan Sproul. Um, <laughs> Inverness, I think. Depends how... I, I think <laughs> Hayes or something right, like that. Yeah. I know it's quite unrealistic. Shinny. Hayes, Hayes, Shinny, um, Craig Doggo. <laughs> I think Inverness, Inverness need a goal scorer, don't I, they? And I Doggo. think I think Mackay, Mackay. or, or yeah. even <laughs> even Marley Watkins would probably be a good shout <laughs> for Inverness. Yeah, Watkins was the one I remember going to uh, Inverness Astra after the Watkins had just left for Barnsley, mm. and I didn't really realise how much from a a big player he was and everybody was just gutted that he'd gone so yeah. I'm sure they'd appreciate him back right, have we covered on. every team yeah no I, I think we're missing something no I think we have I think we've done everyone um, apologies if we've not thank you for that question Russ um, Sam Arbuckle who we will be speaking to hopefully if he wants to um, before the Albion over Celtic match it'll be a great opportunity to get um, Sam onto the podcast he's asking will St Mirren be the new Clyde <sighs> nah just nah. I think the the fact that Clyde weren't really in the top flight. Well, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I see, think no, the thing is, I, I do see what he's what he's saying, but 
I think I don't think St Mirren will more likely than you than Fenland are now. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I would agree with that. Maybe n- I remember Stephen Thompson on off the ball saying he thinks St Mirren will really struggle and they have to go part time if they go down to League yeah. One. Which obviously Dunfermline didn't, but obviously I think they'll avoid probably. Well, I think that's trouble like Dunfermline. That that could be that. maybe where he's kind of coming from because obviously yeah. you know, Clyde were a you know, well-established full-time team in the, the yeah. first division for years, and then you know they didn't yeah. achieve promotion one year, and then it just kind of went to shit after that. Really, to be honest with you, we uh, don't know I, when I, it will end. For some and I think the part-time thing is probably really vital. Like mm. if they do go down, you know. And the part time, and you know, might just, wait even more. just wait till we're kicking the ball about in the Lowland League. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you smash Lowland League Spartans this season, mm. so you'll do all right down there. Fair play, Johnny, for taking a dump on Sam Arbuckle's chips just there. <laughs> Poor Sam. Um, Craig Thomas with the final question of the week, and it's a good one as well. Which players, if any, in Scotland would be able to play in a Premiership, Let's Premier look. League? Now, I'm, I'm taking Celtic out of it because I think there's a, mm. I think we worked out about eight or nine Celtic players. Um, that would be able to mm. play uh, in the English top flight. So we're going to look at other teams, and the start reality is there isn't very many. Let's look at Connor Park. I mean, he's not said much in a while. Who who are you fancying for the, the Scottish top flight? The only mic that actually isn't working. Um, Connor, do, you want, do you want to try again with this mic? Oh, oh, okay, right, over here. No, I, I think there's probably. I'm. Mm, <laughs> Tasty. Uh, uh, I'm struggling. I've. I've, I've I'm struggling. I mean, I think there is players that have potential, um, but if there's, I don't think there's really very many apart from. But obviously, if reports are to be believed, then Callum Patterson was going to a Premiership club now. Um, but apart from that, it's a it's a very difficult statement. But I I think you'll very rarely see a player go straight from a Scottish provincial club into the Premiership. They normally have to go via the Championship first. I think we all kind of came to the conclusion that no, there's probably not anyone that will go straight into the starting 11 and play every week. But there could be players that will, you know, be a decent squad player or would be, you know, getting decent games or whatever. And then maybe if he does well, we'll you know, start playing every week for him. So that's <laughs> your guys like your Parsons, your Hayes, your Shinnies and stuff like that. I think we need to remember as well, look, for example, Sean Maloney's still getting a game at Hull, and you know he's he's nowhere near. Well, he's he's not getting selected. And, ah, he's still playing occasionally, and you know he's not getting selected in the Scotland national setup. So um, potentially lower league teams like Hull, Burnley, Bournemouth, just really crappy places, um, could potentially attract our top Scottish talent. That sounds quite negative, but yes. I think that likes a you know maybe like an Ali Crawford, a Johnny Hayes could go quite. Quite could quite possibly go to like a Bournemouth or something and get be a decent squad player. The one that jumps out for me is probably just Fodderingham. Um, I think he's a good enough keeper to to play one of those sides. I, I mean, some of his shot stopping is is excellent. There's things that obviously needs to be worked on, but he's kicking the ball being one. Well, yeah, that's a whole other debate though. I think uh, in terms of Rangers style of play, but I think uh, I think in terms of 
being a goalkeeper, he's one of the more commanding goalkeepers I've seen at Rangers in terms of when, like coming for the ball and things like that. So I think he could do quite well down south. But I agree with what everyone's saying. There isn't he really. There's a few with potential, like your Patterson's, your Mackay's, um, and things like that. That have got the potential to do it, um, but nobody, I don't think, maybe out with a couple of players at Celtic, um, could really command a, a starting place in a Premier League side just yet. Go for a couple more than a couple. But, well, I wasn't part of this debate <laughs> anyway, so huh. I'll probably yeah. I'll agree with you there. There is, I'd probably you're probably looking at eight or nine of the starting eleven at least. Right, I'll give Thank you. you. Thank so you. I'm not. I'm not that biased, <laughs> right? Yes, uh, so a depressing end to the podcast, um, but thank you very much for all of your questions, um, that is the, the podcast come to a close, it's run on a bit longer, it feels like the longest podcast thing we've ever done, yeah. we've been punted out of rooms and we've Bloody been commercial music corner students. apart dancing away and we've had just, don't even know, I'm just going to end the podcast, uh, thank you very much for listening, as always at Burst Podcast on Twitter and uh, we'll speak to you probably before April.